It's going to be Melbourne. Their eighth week, they'll be on top of the ladder in season 2021. They have been superb this year. Out the back door is Cole rushing through Bonham Pally. Couldn't kick it from there, could he? He oh. could not oh, kick man. it from there. His momentum's going the wrong way. Wow. That is not possible. Gonna have to go back and get it. No problem. He's done that now. Oh, Unritualized, absolutely. Uh, worrying signs, guys. I, I don't know what's worse. The loss against Brisbane, Melbourne, and Geelong, which top four contenders, or tonight's loss? Oh, it has to be tonight. Well, where do you want to start? Fifth lowest ever, the lowest score since 1961, and that's their lowest score ever under Damien Hardwick. Welcome to a new episode of Sports Speak. Today, Jono joins me to discuss all things from the past week in the AFL. All right, happy days. So shall we talk a little AFL? Let's start there, eh? Yeah, well, well I don't necessarily... We may not have much opportunity to talk about it for much longer in the short term, so it's good to, good to get, in, get in and talk about talk about it while we can, I think. Yeah, the, the I was going to say the world's falling apart, but Australia is falling apart, I think. Yeah, a certain degree of inevitability about this, given that, you know... When the ship springs a leak, everybody starts panicking, whereas it's like, oh, well, a lot of other places have treated it in a slightly different fashion. So slightly sort of roll with the punches. Slightly differently. differently. It's very March 20, or April 2020 vibes all over again. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. What's your thoughts? Where where does it go from here? Uh, I, I mean, what you're going to get is a lot of panic and a lot of this heavy-handed sort of stuff that we've had all along but now it's just going to be applied in places it hasn't been and i think you're going to see that the sporting world's going to going to have to pull up stumps for a little bit and probably have to regroup and go to hub hub phases what did you make of uh, wa they told the crowd on the day or literally minutes before the game no dice can't come in look it's not out of character for mark mcgowan to do these types of things so i mean I mean, I'd be pissed off, but I mean, it's the way it's the way this it's the nature of this beast at the minute. And look, I'd be quite happy to to not go to the footy if it ensured my health and the health of my my children and my family. So, I mean, it's difficult and annoying, but you know, you're not going to catch COVID sitting on the couch couch by yourself watching the game. So. No, you're not. But I think this brings into stark contrast, at least for me. And we're not a political podcast, but I'll just say the not fact that me. we've only got 4% of our population vaccinated is the problem here. Yeah, well, the Commonwealth uh, brushing it, washing its hands of any sort of responsibility early on in the process to set this up because there's nobody, there's nobody coordinating it on a national level to get everybody rowing in the same direction and everybody's, you know, it's a, the nature of our poli- political system at the moment that everybody likes to blame everybody else and not take resp- responsibility or show much leadership at all. It's just a shit sandwich for everyone at the moment. To be honest, footy is you know is is a, is not that big a concern when you know something like when so many people's health's at risk. I think. Well, speaking of, let's get into it, shall we? Biggest. Yeah. 
biggest winner, Jono. You kick us off. Who have you got? Oh, Fremantle, I think. I think coming over to coming over to Melbourne and and winning and getting into that ninth position and when a loss would have put you completely out of touch. And the the fact that they were the only side in that group of four or five teams to win springboard for the last part of the season for them. And they played a really good game of footy and they've got some young blokes coming along and I like them a lot more than I should. I will go St Kilda. No, I've got I've got the Saints. I mean, to hold Richmond to their lowest score under Damian Hardwick, that came out of nowhere, that performance. They were gritty. They weren't excellent. Richmond were pretty bad, to be honest. That's the worst I've seen them play in such a long time. St Kilda's skill wasn't of a, of a standard that lit, set my world on fire, but they won by 40 points. Huge win in the context of how poor they've been and... Richmond flogged them by some 80 points earlier in the season. So I'll take the Saints. It's, you know, it's easy to beat up on them, but they put in a good show. We've done quite a bit of beating up on the Saints, and it was pretty good to see how they went about it. But that leads me into my biggest loser, I suppose, and that is Richmond. You know, coming off your bye weekend, you're getting, getting healthier. You know, your young players have been playing well. You want to make that last tilt at a top four spot, which isn't com- quite out of reach, and you lay the biggest, dirtiest, nastiest egg. So, yeah, for me, the biggest loser was Richmond this week. They laid the biggest egg that they could possibly could in a game which gave them the opportunity to get towards a top four finish. And now they're going to be really fighting tooth and nail to stay in the eight. Yeah, I was going to pick the Giants. However... I'm trying to put a bit of context around what happened with them. So the little out I'm going to give them to not pile on here is I didn't really expect that much from them. They've kind of gone a little better than I even thought, to be honest. So I'm going to excuse it and I'm going to give my biggest loser to West Coast. It's not just that they lost at home by 55, which is pretty horrific, but without a crowd, a little more understandable. I tipped them. They had... 33 scoring shots against a 13-4. They were wiped off the park, and it could have been significantly worse if the Bulldogs were accurate. Yeah, well, the situation for them, I think, is they're probably a bigger Jekyll and Hyde side than we thought. I think you're pretty right with the Giants, but, I mean, sure, they're losing touch with the eight, but as you said, like there wasn't a hell of a lot expected from them, at least this year. Let's move straight Let's into the it. power rankings. Let's do it. Your 18th spot, sir. Last week it was the Gold Coast. Who who uh, shocked me? Who's who's at the bottom? Still the Goldie. No change. They are what they are, which is disappointing. I think Stewie might might be in a, a bit of bother. They look, you know, they were competitive for for quite a while, but they fell away again. Yeah. What do you say? I don't care if they were competitive. They should beat North. They're better than them, in theory, uh, not in, in practice. Theory, yeah. I also have the Gold Coast clearly at 18. So let's move uh, Let's move into your 17, and I've got a feeling... So join in the chorus and sing it one and all. <laughs> <laughs> one of my least favourites. Yeah, the old shinbone of spirits alive and well with that. Yeah, I got North at, at 17. I would have... I was sort of toying with lifting them higher, but they have what well, if they're not playing a 
playing in Tasmania, they're really poor. <laughs> so, I mean, they won that game in Tassie, but they, they did have a bit of trouble putting Gold Coast away. So, yeah, they sort of have to stay stay roughly where they were. And, you know, I've been bashing St Kilda and Carlton for that long. When they have a good win, like they did on the weekend, you've got to sort of, you've got to acknowledge that a bit, given that they've won three or four more games. Yeah, I've got North in 17th as well. I think they're playing at their limit of their capabilities, which probably deserves better. But the fact of the matter is that's their second win of the season. We have round 16 coming up. They are who they are. But I think they've got the Bulldogs. They've got the Bulldogs this week. So the reality check is but a week away. Yes. Yes. Your 16th team. Uh, I've dropped Collingwood. I mean, in some ways they're a bit unlucky, but they lost and the other teams around them all won and won pretty decent games of footy. And Collingwood should be beaten Fremantle at home. So, yeah, Collingwood dropped down to 16th, but, you know, on balance they've been they've been much better over the last six to eight weeks than anybody probably should give them a, a right to respect. My 16th remains Hawthorne, so my bottom three stays set. Uh, very good win. Their form's pretty solid. I want to see a little more, and I couldn't bring myself to put any of the teams above them, below them, at this point. Your 15th selection, sir. Carlton. Um, they had a win, and it was a decent win, but not much more than that. And if you've re-signed Paddy Cripps for seven years, I'd be a little bit worried about that signing, given its form. Yeah, I've got Carlton at 15. I've actually dropped them a spot, even though they won. Uh, I'm just pissed off with them. They they yeah. they beat Adelaide. Whoopty fucking do. Not happy. They've got to beat a real team. Yeah, and Adelaide that had to fly in on the day and then got delayed an hour and a half before that, you know, just everything went wrong. Agreed. Uh, 14 for you? St Kilda, I had to reward them for that win, but I wasn't putting them ahead of Hawthorne who won more games in the last five weeks than they have. But that's exactly what you would have liked to have seen them do two or three times after losses during the season rather than sort of stringing all your bad performances together. There's such a different side with Rowan Marshall back because it allows him and Paddy Ryder to sort of be a really dominant aspect for them. And Jack Steele tackles his little heart out, which is great. My 14 is Collingwood. Still got Collingwood floating around. I dropped them a spot week on week. I thought they were pretty competitive against Freo and had Maynard not had a brain fade. And given away a 50 when she was all tied up with five minutes to go, they may have got over the line, but they didn't, and they drop a spot for me. You're 13th. Yeah, I, I bumped my Hawks up this far, which is a, a, a massive overcorrection, but I'm, you know, I'm a massive homer sometimes. Um, it was a really good win in the fact that it shows sort of what the future is going to be like. And I'm also excited for next weekend because Silk's going to play his 400th, and I think that's pretty awesome. I've got the Saints in 13th. Yeah, Silk is game 400. Good on him. It's a massive achievement. Uh, Saints 13th for me. It was a very big win. I've moved them up two spots. They were scrappy but defended their hearts out. They didn't give up, which is the one thing we've accused them of multiple times this year. At no stage they look like giving up. So they'll get my 13th. Who is your 12th team, sir? Uh, Adelaide for me. Um, pretty Dealt a pretty rough hand that... You know, it was partly their their scheduling sort of issue, but with COVID, that's sort of the way it has to be. But then get delayed on the tarmac for an hour and a half, that's not going to prepare you to play a game of footy. Um, and you can tell they were quite lethargic, but, you know, it sort of 
played out how it was supposed to, and I can't really penalise them because their effort's been very, very good and very consistent all the way through the season. Yeah, agreed. Look, they they lost to Carlton, but I thought Carlton should be beating a lot of teams more than they did this year. They lost by 10 points after all the things you just mentioned, so I've got them 12th as well. Uh, it's hard to put them down when they're the team that's beaten Geelong and Melbourne this year, whereas a Carlton beat nobody. So 12th for me for Adelaide. 11th for you, sir? GWS, uh, losing to Hawthorne when you had the opportunity to gain ground is, is pretty bad, but they didn't play a bad game of footy and they get, they're still getting the games into these younger blokes. I mean, it's, it's a bit painful at times to watch at the moment, but down the track, I think it'll be a very valuable learning curve. And it was good to see Lockie Whitfield back to his best. He was brilliant on, uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that's two in three weeks, right? They should have beat North, and then they lost to Hawthorne. Two games you actually would have favoured them in. And they beat Carlton in the one in the middle that was probably the most questionable, theoretically. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I've got them in the same spot. We're matching up here a little bit. um, But I still love their song. enjoying the tuba in that i never get sick of it it's a ripper better than them your number 10 sir uh essendon it was a pretty close run thing and they had opportunities to probably pull one out but when you get 78 touches out of your your two gun midfielders and you're not doing enough damage it's something you're probably going to have to look at during the week but you know, I like watching them play, and I can't drop them too far. But they have to, they have to go behind Fremantle just on, um, just on where it puts them in the competition. Yeah, I've got Freo here. I, you know, they beat Collingwood. Collingwood kind of kicked an own goal at the end of the game. It didn't could have gone either way. It's a good win, but it's against a team that was like what sixteenth, fifteenth on the ladder. So it's not anything to write home about yet. Their real tests are going to come in the next few weeks when they get the the better teams to play, and then I'll have a bit more faith in them. So Frio for me there. Your number nine, I believe, we're up to. Yeah, so I've got Frio there. It was a good win. It was a win away from home, which they, they often struggle to do, and it's put them in a ninth place with with an opportunity to, to make the eight, where if they had a lost that game, they wouldn't have one. So they go in a ninth. I'm not sure if they'll go much further than that, though. Yeah, that's fair. I've got Essendon in at my nine. Their form stacks up, but if Melbourne kicks straight early in the game when they had total dominance and didn't score, Essendon wouldn't even be anywhere near it. So Melbourne were comfortably four goals up. They kicked the last two to get close, but they never looked to me like they were about to win. Essendon, though, I I mean, 10-point loss to Melbourne is nothing to be ashamed of, so I'll stick with them in ninth. Your eighth-place team. Sydney in eighth. You know, they also went pretty hard at it in the earlier earlier bowl. But yeah, they're starting the the inexperience and lack of legs in their young blokes is starting to sort of show. So as as you've you've opined quite a few times is that they're the most likely team to be put under pressure for the eight. And I, I think that's starting to bear fruit. Yeah, I've got the Eagles here. I was so disappointed by what I watched. 
they looked lost for answers and they were pretty uncompetitive towards the tail end of that game. They were only about three goals down in the third quarter and it just went way away from them from there. They, again, fell away in the last quarter. They're not fit. And, yeah, we, t- we talk about all these big ins, but none of them are fit and it's paying them in the form of losses to teams that are any good. They don't beat good teams. So I've got less faith in West Coast than Sydney at the moment. Yeah, it's it's interesting, the very Jekyll and Hyde nature of them. I think there's going to be some pretty significant list turnover there at the end of the season. I think there's some blokes that are holding on by reputation alone. So, Well, if the games go ahead this weekend, Sydney are playing West Coast, so it's a pretty big... That's going to be probably... Well, it's the biggest game of the weekend, I'd, I'd argue, just on where they are in their respective seasons. So your seventh spot then would be... I've got West Coast there, you know, you've pretty much covered, we've pretty much covered covered it from yeah. what you've been saying. And I've got Sydney, so yeah. we could flip those or they could stay put, who knows, one of us will be yeah. changing though next week. Uh, very much so, the loser leaves town game. <laughs> loser leaves town. All right, number six for you. Richmond, I've got... But it was sort of like, oh, I can't do anything with them, so I'll just stick fat with where they are. You know, I felt the same way. I was so unimpressed with what they gave, but I've got them at 6-2. They've got money in the bank, I suppose, is how I put it, but the faith is waning. Mm. They're going to have to get a bit more creative in the the defence, so it's going to be interesting. It might give them... They might be able to do with another young player than what they did with Bolter, but they, they've, they're very stressed, I'd say. Dimmer be moving magnets around like a madman, trying to figure out how they're going to patch up these new leaks. Number five slot for you? Port. Anything? They've been here pretty much. They've been here pretty much. I was going to say, anything, Dad? <laughs> Yeah, not really. That's pretty much where they've been since like, the, the one constant of all things is Port Adelaide. I don't feel like yeah. I've moved Port once. I haven't. I know I haven't. I'm pretty certain that you haven't either. <laughs> um, and I don't see it changing. Yeah, that's how I feel about them as well. About fifth best. They beat Sydney. They should beat Sydney. It wasn't a convincing win, but it doesn't need to be. That's the thing. Like I don't need teams to win by 50 points to be convinced. They did enough. They won. And they did it without Robbie Gray. Fourth for you. Geelong, I've dropped them back just because it wasn't so much them. It was more the way that Brisbane played. Um, and I think Western Bulldogs win was was good enough to, to move them up. So that's what I did. But, I mean, going up to Brisbane and losing is not too, too big an issue, but they needed to get a wriggle on quicker. And they need to figure out what to do when somebody puts the clamps on Tom Stewart because without him being as prolific, they tend to struggle. Uh, yeah, I've got Geelong at 4 too. Uh, similar to you, nothing they did. Uh, it's one of those ones for me, you go, write it off, move on. There's enough good form behind them to ignore ignore what that was. But I'm just more impressed with the two, three teams above them. So it is what it is. Number three for you. Uh, the Doggies. I mean, I think they've got the Brownlow front runner in Le Bont. And they're, they're a very versatile side. 
And I think they're proving that in the fact that they can, you know, go over to the, the WA and bunker down there and, and play some good footy. Definite, definite contenders. Yeah, fair call. I've got Brisbane third, uh, just by virtue. That's where they are on the ladder as well. Good win against Geelong. I've moved them up one spot. Can't have them above there. Two teams above them on the ladder. So Lions for me in third. Really impressed with how they're going. They've got to prove it in September. They're always going to be up there. It's what they do next. Yeah. Number two for you? Brisbane for me. I just think that in times past, Brisbane might have struggled a lot more to put Geelong away at home in a big expectations game. Um, so it was good good development to see from them. And I like the fact that there's a lot more balance in both their production and their contributions, I think. Interesting. They need to finish top two, I think. If they finish third or fourth, they might be in a, a little bit behind the others. Yeah, I've called an audible here. I've just literally changed my mind. I've got number two as Melbourne. I'm not enamoured with their form the last few weeks. They've gone two and oh, they've won three of their last four, I suppose. So, yeah, I've got Melbourne at two. I'm The Bulldogs' form uh, trumps it for mine for the moment. Look, I think I think you've probably been a little bit harsh on Melbourne because, you know, that loss they had against Collingwood was a high-emotion game just before their bye and they were probably due for due for it to even out a little bit. And they bounced back in the way that you wanted to see them bounce back from a loss like that coming off the bye. What you didn't want them to, to do was to come out flat. They came out pretty well. They just didn't convert. And I think they've always had Essendon at arm's length, which is pretty good at the moment because Essendon are a hard side to keep off you. So they're your number one? Yeah. I've got the doggies at one. And, and it's a statistical thing as much as anything else too. I may be being a bit harsh. I haven't enjoyed watching the Demons the last couple of weeks because I felt like there was a bit of a missing attack element. But the Doggies, at the moment, are the number one offensive team by a street and also the number one defensive team overall for points against. Okay. That's quite interesting. And a percentage of 148. So... They um they ticked a big box beating West Coast, not just beating them, but convincingly flogging them on their home deck. Yeah, look, you're right. The de- there's uh, I'm splitting hairs, but I'll go the Bulldogs just because I think I don't want to be too much of a homer as well. But I think their form is really really solid. Yeah, and the other thing with your D's is that you're starting to get used to the fact that you're going to have a few expectations, so you're looking to see a lot more from them than you might have been, you know, into the fourth first four or five rounds of the season. So. Yeah. I mean, Melbourne's two losses are to the 14th and 15th teams on the ladder. So it's more just letdowns than anything else, I think. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll be back with more soon.